Welcome to Healthy Planet, Healthy You with Jimena Yanez and Lorenzo Rosenzweig. Over the next hour, you'll discover unique ideas and perspectives about how to improve your health and the planet as well. Now, here are your hosts, Jimena and Lorenzo. Welcome, hello, and bienvenidos. Thank you for tuning to in to Healthy Planet, Healthy You. I am Lorenzo Rosenzweig. I have more than 40 years of my life devoted to the natural world and its conservation as an environmentalist. I am also a writer, a photographer, a watercolor painter, an amateur naturalist, and most important of all, a grandfather of six in December, probably seven. (laughs) My professional training as an engineer and marine biologist has fostered a deep interest also in marine conservation and hydrology. Bienvenidos. Hello. Happy Wednesday. Congratulations, Lorenzo, for your coming, uh, I don't know, grandson, granddaughter? (laughs) It's a granddaughter. It's a granddaughter. Granddaughter. Oh, my goodness. So excited to be here with you. My name is Jimena Yanez. I'm an author, a health coach, and a Reiki and biomagnetism therapist. I am the mom of two young ladies. And After 23 years in the field of conservation and more than 10 years studying integrative health and nutrition, I've understood that if we want to be healthy, if I want my daughters to be healthy, we need to start by taking care of this planet we call home. What is good and new for you, Lorenzo? Well, well, it sure has been a hectic and warm week. (laughs) The last 15 days have been the warmest ever here in Monterrey, Nuevo Leon, northern Mexico reaching 45 degrees Celsius or 100, around 113 uh, Fahrenheit. We have wildfires ranging in the mountains that surround the city, and air quality is worse than ever. Our planet is trying to tell us something, and we hear it. So, but aside from, besides from that, what is new for you, Jimena? Yeah, Lorenzo, terrible to hear about the fire, the fires in the mountains. Uh, I'm good. Thank you. Very excited because I'm traveling to Mexico and Costa Rica to visit family and friends. And I know it's going to be very warm in Mexico. And Costa Rica finally is getting some rain because it, they have been dry, a little dry too. Thank you, Lorenzo. Every week, we engage in casual conversations to help you understand what is really going on, considering there is a lot of conflicting information on the news and social media. Information has become overly confusing because... As one research states a conclusion, another one contradicts it immediately. The amount and diversity of information we're exposed to keep us on a roller coaster of inconsistencies. What was good a few years ago isn't anymore and vice versa. We want you to exercise your right to decide for yourself so we offer facts that you can double check later on your own. So. Allow us to tell you the story of how we got into the current environmental and health crisis. What are the odds if we fail to act during the next seven to 10 years? And what are the things you can do for your personal benefit and at the same time to support global efforts towards a healthy plan? Yes, in previous episodes, we have been sharing interesting data and information regarding human and planetary health. Our intention is to keep building up so you don't get just information, but knowledge. In this episode, we will talk about another aspect that has to do with our physical and mental health. How 
in what we call the communication age, we have been progressively disconnecting from nature and each other. Lorenzo, wouldn't you agree we are becoming more and more detached from nature? Absolutely. <laughs> in general, people spend so much time indoors, surrounded and consumed by technology, that unless we are committed to spending time in nature, we hardly get to experience the outdoors anymore. It is almost as, as if we have forgotten that we are linked with the natural world. But first things first, what is this connection? Yes, please. <laughs> the Cambridge Dictionary, I love always referring to the Cambridge Dictionary, defines <laughs> it as the feeling or fact of being separate from someone or something else and not fitting well together or understanding each other. So this connection is the act of separating from someone or something else or the lack of union. The natural world's perspective defines it as the lack of awareness in elements that constitute nature. Yes, and I think that our lives have become so fast-paced and centered around immediate satisfaction that we have ignored the natural, natural world and its impact on our well-being. Nowadays, most people rarely take the time to appreciate nature. Actually, we're more disconnected from it today than we were a century ago. This separation is one of the proposed root uh, causes, root causes of unsustainability, which actually is bad news for the environment, but also for our well-being. So let's do a quick exercise. If you can, close your eyes, Place your hands in your heart and take a couple of deep breaths. In and out. In and out. Now, let me ask you and just answer from the bottom of your heart. Do you feel disconnected from nature? Well, yes, at this moment, I feel disconnected from nature. You are not alone. Let's see what happened in the last decades. In 1970, the global population was less than half what it is today, around 3.6 billion people. Back then, most of the world's population used to live in rural areas. In 2007, the same amount of people were living in rural and urban areas. And fast forward to the present day, there are more people living in urban areas. For the first time in history, most people live in cities with the trend towards urbanization going up. It is said that empires thrived in the 19th century, nation states in the 20th century, but the 21st century is the century of cities. We are seeing more people moving into cities and the fact is changing the way we have related to nature for millennia. Also, Humanity has doubled its population in little more than one generation. And by 2050, we can expect numbers to grow to 10 billion. Even though civilizations have been always urbanizing and making some part of their lives indoors, in the past three decades, we have shifted the way societies settle, produce, consume, and interact, which has triggered a massive disconnection from the natural world. Yes, and, and this disconnection is attributed to, of course, the explosion of electronic communications as we tend to spend most of our time indoors engaged with screens and gadgets. But technology is not the only main reason. Disconnection from nature is also due to, one, 
as you said, large groups of people not only moving out from rural areas, but developing away from the sources of food, water, energy, and material goods. Two, poor urban planning and the disappearance of open spaces for sports and leisure. And three, the development of an education model centered on permanent economic growth, which is unsustainable and diminishes the importance of the natural world. And this means we've lost touch with nature in diverse ways, from food production to the natural rhythms of life. I fully agree with that. Our modern societies often prioritize economic growth and progress over harmonious relationship with the natural world. Indeed, mm -hmm. yeah. our education models, urban planning, and social values highlight achievements in the human-made world rather than cultivating an appreciation of nature. We have become so focused on productivity and consumption that we overlook the importance of our relationship with the natural environment. Our westernized lifestyle has led us to picture the natural world as a collection of inert objects rather than living beings. We have been taught the idea of nature as something that needs to be tamed or subdued. By contrast, some ancient and native civilizations and cultures around the world have contemplated every single thing, animals, trees, water, soil, and even minerals as being as be living beings and equals. Additionally, our fast-paced lifestyles contribute to this disconnection. We are always busy with work and social obligations. And of course, we have become more likely to pursue material possessions easily and quickly. Our priorities have shifted towards convenience and instant gratification. Indeed, there is little time left to connect with and appreciate nature. Today, the average American spends 90% of their life indoors and 11 hours a day on screens and gadgets. According to the Nature of Americans National Report, children from 8 to 12 years old spend three times as many hours with computers and televisions each week as they do playing outside. Wow. So um, 11, uh, 11 hours a day on screens and gadgets. That's the time we spend um, looking at these, these things. And 90% of our time indoors. Interesting. So another interesting fact is that nature is less popular today than it, than it was in the first half of the 20th century. And of course, it has steadily declined after the 50s. There are some studies that have found that for every three references to nature in popular songs in the 50s, there is only one <laughs> 70 years later. Before 1950, paintings displayed children playing in, wide in, in, playing in wide open fields and adults spending their afternoons in nature. So through the years, the concept of nature has shrunk in our collective imagination and cultural conversation. But of course, there is a powerful reason the 50s embraced the rise of television as the most popular form of entertainment. The 70s witnessed the arrival of video games and the 90s, the internet was developed and implemented. So naturally before the 50s, the source of recreation and entertainment was nature and digital technologies became its substitute. Today, the digital world has become more real to us than the natural environments outside. Uh, I read something that, of course, made sense, but it was also a little shocking when I realized its implications. We live in a time 
where our children can name more Pokemon characters than wildlife species. You're right. <laughs> Let me tell you a story, a, a very recent story, Jimena. Um, my grandchildren usually enjoy spending time on their little screens, iPads, uh, iPhones, and the like. And every weekend I try to take, I take, I take them to the mountains. So we have no Wi-Fi and no 5G and no nothing in the mountains. So, so they get to spend the whole day having fun with other stuff. So to my surprise, guess what? They started <laughs> playing with moth. All of them, from the 13-year-old to the 7-year-old, and they had the time of the day playing with moth. Of course, at the end, it was a moth fight, but that doesn't matter. So, <laughs> is it, this is so true. Knowing more about the video game that the planet that provides for us is kind of alarming. And of course, it comes as the result of our technological innovations and advancements. Our life has become more comfortable indoors, so it's easy to become satisfied and forget the beauty and benefits of the natural world. However, this disconnection has had some detrimental newfound consequences in human behavior. Let's review some of them. The term nature deficit disorder was introduced in 2005 with the book, Last Child in the Woods, Saving Our Children from Nature Deficit Disorder by Richard Lowe. And it's related to children's reduced contact with outdoor environments. Some of the consequences of this disorder are diminished senses, attention difficulties, overweight and obesity, and higher rates of emotional and physical illness. These effects are linked to what healthcare experts call the epidemic of inactivity. Mm -hmm. Research also suggests that nature deficit disorder weakens ecological knowledge and stewardship of the natural world. Yes, interesting. And you were mentioning the diminishing of the senses, and I've heard about another result of our indoor screen-focused lifestyle. The term is sensory anesthesia, which refers to becoming disconnected from the feedback from nature through our five senses. When we lose our relationship with nature, we're less likely to notice changes in our environment and thus less able to respond to what's happening. If we're not aware of the beings with whom we share the natural world, it becomes harder to realize their changes and even their loss. Through evolution, we have been creating relationships with other beings on this planet. However, today we engage in very limited contact with them beyond our household pets. And just, you just set the path to talk about extinction of experience, another term which refers to reducing everyday nature experiences due to the phenomenon of urbanization. It refers to the fading opportunities for direct immersive contact with nature in modern times. This loss of meaningful interaction with the natural world has profound impacts on human health. Some of them are diminished mental health, increased stress levels, reduced physical activity, and weakened sense of connection. The extinction of experience leaves us deprived of the therapeutic and stimulating benefits that nature provides. Yeah, and related to extinction of experience, there is um, what experts call place blindness, which describes the way people are losing their relationships with the land they inhabit and the living things that move upon it. It refers to becoming detached and unaware of our surroundings. 
place blindness begins in childhood as, a, as kids spend less time outdoors and leads to, of course, stress, reduced cognitive function, and a weakened sense of belonging and connection. And let me leave you with a couple more terms. Distance from nature, which refers to the growing physical and emotional separation between humans and the natural environment, and biophobia, which is described as the fear or aversion towards nature or natural elements or feeling discomfort or awkwardness in a natural environment. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so true, biophobia. I see it in my daughters as they have phobia to insects, and this is because they didn't have the opportunities I had as a kid to be in the wild. And sadly, this feeling of being away from nature or disconnected from the natural world make us feel that we are not part of it. Thus, we don't feel any pain or regret when playing a part in damaging it. So we've seen some results in unhuman behavior, but disconnection from nature also is associated with higher levels of loneliness. And researchers agree that we are in the middle of a loneliness epidemic. Loneliness is starting to be considered as a disease because it can cause serious hurt as it acts on the same parts of the brain as physical pain. So because it's physical painful, it puts us on high alert and triggers the body's stress response. Lonely people have less restful sleep, higher blood pressure, and increased levels of cortisol and adrenaline, which contribute to inflammation and weakened immunity. Loneliness increases depressive symptoms as well as, of course, stress, anxiety, and even anger. Yeah, more people than ever before are feeling it's wrong. And it doesn't matter if you are young or old, married or single, or if you live in urban or rural areas. Without the company of natural surroundings and the sense of belonging it brings, individuals may experience a void that cannot be filled by human interactions alone. Yeah, loneliness also promotes an emphasis on short-term self-preservation, making us become vigilant for social threats and the possibility that others mean harm to us. We're not just disconnected, we're also in the state of self-protection and self-preservation, expressing hostile attitudes towards other people and the world. Yeah, we're approaching our first recess. This has been incredibly interesting. When we come back, we will talk with Roxy Chavez Elorriaga about communication technology, about social media, and this, the, all these subjects from this modern era. Stay tuned. See you in a few minutes. See ya. Follow Voice America at facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Do you want to have control over your eating decisions, your life, and your and your family's health? Do you wish to take action that benefits the planet, humanity, and generations to come? Healthy Planet, Healthy You offers a unique opportunity to increase the public's awareness of vital environmental and health issues while sharing easy-to-apply habits that can change the world. A book you cannot miss. Find it on Amazon. 
Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Healthy Planet, Healthy You with Jimena Yanez and Lorenzo Rosenzweig. Have a question for Jimena and Lorenzo or their guests? Join us on the show at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Now back to the show. Welcome back. This episode is all about disconnection and the communications age. Our guest today is Roxy Chavez Elorriaga. She's an expert in social media and also a committed conservationist and an avid climber and hiker. Yay! Yes, <laughs> yes, she's in love with high, <laughs> with high mountains and the steeper, the better. Right, Roxy? Yes, thank you so much for the kind welcome. <laughs> welcome, Roxy. It's a pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you so much, Jimena and Lorenzo. I'm very excited to be here with you. And I'm so excited to talk about communications and nature and this in this amazing podcast okay. we've been working on. <laughs> good, 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 Roxy. Um, I, I love your enthusiasm. So, so we will be doing some questions for you, uh, a few questions, and, and, uh, and, and feel free to expand on them. So the first one would be, it's a, quite an open question. Can you share with us what was the event in your life that motivated you to appreciate the natural world? Well, thankfully, I've been, I've always been surrounded by nature. But I think that the main moment when I realized I wanted to, to work on environmental care, it, it was, I was in, in a beach in Tulum. And there was a lot of people. So I was like, what is going on around there? So I just walked and I saw that there was a lot of people trying to free some baby turtles. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> so I was very excited about it. And then in that exact moment, I, I realized I wanted to, to help. Well, that's, that's a very nice story. And this is not the first time I hear story about about baby turtles as great am ambassadors to nature. I'm happy to, to see that they were also your ambassadors. Yeah. So, Jimena. Yeah, yeah. Um, turtles are just like amazing. I, I had the opportunity in Costa Rica to see, it was already dying. I don't know what happened to that turtle, but it was huge. But even when they are small, they're so like engaging. They, they, they transmit something. So I get um, what you're talking about, Roxy. So, how do you think that technology and communications have contributed to the disconnection of human beings from nature and the environment? 
Well, technology and communications have undoubtedly contributed to a certain degree of disconnection between human beings and nature or environment. And I think the three of us can call ourselves lucky because we grew up without the technology we have nowadays. And we used to play in the ground, read books, or use our time being a bit more productive or spending it in nature. And with the rise of virtual communication platforms, people now spend more time engaging with screens rather than spending time in natural environments. Social media, online gaming, streaming services, and other digital platforms can absorb a significant portion of people's time and attention. Often, uh, that the, uh, often at the expense of connecting with nature, right? So mm -hmm. many people now prefer indoor entertainment, such as watching movies, playing these video games or browsing the internet rather than engaging in outdoor pursuits like hiking, gardening, or simply spending time in nature. And this shift has reduced the opportunities for individuals to collect to connect with the natural world. Also, technological advances have helped um, with the rapid urbanization and the development of modern lifestyles. And as people increasingly move to cities and live in densely populated areas, they become more distanced from natural landscapes. These concrete jungles replace green spaces and people's routines revolve around artificial environments such as office buildings, shopping malls, and entertainment centers. And it is important to note as well that technology can also play a positive role in reconnecting humans with nature and the environment. For example, through educational apps, virtual reality experiences, and environmental monitoring tools, technology could help with awareness, understanding, and conservation efforts. And striking a balance between these benefits and drawbacks of technology is a key to fostering a healthier relationship within, between humans and the natural world. I Every single weekend, I try to go hiking with my friends. And sometimes, at least recently, it has been a bit difficult. But I'm, now I'm like, oh, my God, I need to go hiking. I miss my mountains. <laughs> also, because I'm living in Mexico City, so it feels like... It's a crazy place to live surrounded by all these cars and and the mess. concrete jungle, as you, <laughs> this as you concrete said, the jungle. concrete jungle. Exactly. Well, well that, that gives us a perfect bridge to the next question. And, and while you were talking, I was thinking how fortunate I am. I enjoy wildlife photography again as an amateur. I'm not a professional photographer, but that's one of the areas of, of uh, entertainment, let's say, where you combine modern digital technology with the outdoors and, 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 uh, and it's quite satisfactory. And basically you are doing both things at the same time. So, and you mentioned a few, um, Roxy, but what strategies or measures could we implement to foster a greater connection with, between people and nature in the context of the communications age? Well, I think, uh, promotes environmental education at all levels of, of schooling to raise awareness about the importance of nature and environmental conservation. And I could dare to say that changing the old paradigm of education focused on sustainability in schools that emphasize the value of ecosystems, biodiversity, and sustainable practices, encourage experiences in nature and field trips to natural areas that 
that could be something very good for kids. Um, also, digital, to digi digital tools uh, for nature engagement. Uh, use the technology to encourage disengagement. Uh, I don't know, develop mobile applications, websites, or interactive platforms that provide information about local par parks, uh, nature reserves, or, and indoor activities. And also create virtual experiences such as um, nature tours or immersive simulations to enable people to explore and learn about natural environment, environments. And by implementing these strategies and measures, we can bridge the gap between technology, communications, and the natural world, uh, fostering a greater connection between people and nature in this communications age. So what you're saying is that... Um because you talk about a lot of apps or virtual reality, and that's screen time, actually. So you would, you would do that indoors. So what you're saying is something that promotes people, that people get to learn and then want to go to those places. Are yes, you talking about that? Yes, exactly. I am working with a friend of mine. He's called Alonso uh, Rodriguez. He's mm -hmm. a very uh, smart guy. And... He wants to make this, as I was saying about this in, in immerse um, experiences, he wants to bring this to malls or these kind of uh, places where people uh, go every single weekend or something. So he wants to make these experiences to bring uh, the ocean closer to the people. So to the people that lives uh, near the cities or that doesn't have this connection or that are a, a bit far from 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 the sea so he wants to bring these experiences to people so they can connect with oceans and connect with the species that that probably we don't even know they exist yeah so these kind of activities activities could help um bring closer the people and of course i think it is important for kids for kids that live in the cities yeah so they can say like, hey, daddy, or hey, mommy, could you please take me to the ocean? I want to, I want to go snorkeling. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Yeah, and, and we were talking also, uh, before the break, we were talking about the changes in the communications age. But do you think that this disconnection from nature and the environment is a problem unique to this age? Or do you think there were similar challenges in earlier times? I think uh, it's not only a problem uh, in this communications age. Well, technology and modern communications uh, have certainly influenced the extent and nature of this dis disconnection. Similar challenges have existed throughout many, many periods of human history, such as industrialization and urbanization, with the rise of them during the 80th 18th and 19th centuries, uh, they brought about significant changes in human lifestyles and the environment. As people moved from rural areas to cities for work, there was a, sh a shift in their relationship with nature. Um, natural landscapes were transformed into factories and urban spaces, leading to a disconnect from the natural world. So it is important to recognize that the scale and intensity of the disconnection between humans and nature have increased in the communications age due to the widespread use of digital devices, 
virtual communication platforms and rapid urbanization. But however, um, I, historical factors and these shifts in society have also played significant roles in shaping our connection with the natural world as well. Good, good. Interesting, Roxy. Well, you have answered in advance what was my my next question, which was this idea of using technology to bring people closer to nature, which we have done and, and definitely works from 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 programs from um, science and and wildlife documentaries in TV to all these apps and technologies that you have just described. But but let me let me then improvise a question since you have answered that one. Do you share this feeling that somehow your mind works better when you are outdoors, or is this is that something I I realize whenever I do a climb in the mountains or spend uh, time in the ocean? But you have also that feeling of 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 let's say. As condition, a state of flow where where your mind seems to be more at peace. Yes, totally. As I was saying, um, lately I haven't uh, been that much into hiking because of work and many many things. So I feel very different when I go hiking, and I feel that I completed my 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 week, and that I'm like yes. I finally made it. So when I don't do it, I think something's missing. And it doesn't have to be when I go hiking, but when I go into a park or I don't know, that's that moment that it, it, it just a normal Sunday. If I stay in home watching just TV, I feel like I mean it I it was nice because I was relaxing, but it doesn't feel me. So I think it is very, very important to have this connection with nature. Yeah. It, it's very important to to inhale and exhale uh, oxygen and the trees and watch some green and watch the birds and the blue sky and feel the rain. Or it is very important to to touch the Smell nature. Smell the grass. <laughs> Smell the grass. Yeah. Or the I love it. <laughs> yeah. So you you were also talking before about the uh, technology, including movies uh, that you can already watch at home. So you were saying that sometimes you stay at home uh, watching a movie, but that doesn't like complete you. That doesn't fulfill you, right? Like you miss nature. Yes. <laughs> sometimes it's good to watch a movie, but you prefer to go at, uh, do your hikes and and all of those yes. Things. Yes, it's it's nice to go to stay at home watching TV and relaxing because of course living in this concrete jungle <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sometimes you need that. Yeah. But some others you're I feel like something's missing. I feel like I need to go uh, hiking. I need to go into nature. I want to go uh, walking and just for example, my mom always uh, send a message and she's like, "Have you seen the moon?" It's amazing right now. And I'm like, yes, it's amazing. Thank you for sending this message because I was in my room watching TV. <laughs> yeah, and, and that changes my night. Yeah, well, that, that brings me to another comment. When, when you ask this question about, about the, how to promote greater connection with nature, 
sometimes, sometimes in given the conditions, it's, it's, a, it's a way of bringing nature closer to you, even in the city. Let me tell you that that doesn't matter if you have a big house, a small house, an apartment, a big garden, just a terrace, whatever you have. It's always, there's always ways of, of attracting nature. As I am a, 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 also a bird watcher, I enjoy putting hummingbird feeders. So, so even in a city like Mexico City, I remember when I, when I was working in Mexico City, we I had a feeder outside my window in the office, and and every afternoon I would have the visit 20, 30, 50 times of hummingbirds. Mm -hmm. So just watching a piece of nature, a small jewel of nature, being present and 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 doing its wonderful things. That is another way of bringing nature close to you. Of course, exactly. uh, at, at some point we can have a conversation on on a, on a pollinator, um, on pollinator gardens, on wildlife <coughs> attraction. <coughs> sorry, in gardens and all that makes nature come close to you. So it's a it's a nice deal because because you are promoting nature within the city and enjoying it. Yeah. So yes. So last question, Roxy, what gives you hope? We, I will love this question because um, especially when we ask it to, to young people. For me, it gives me hope uh, growing this intersection of communications and the environment to, to use them as tools so people can surround and live the city, live the nature and live this amazing world that gives us everything. So it could be just uh, being surrounded by nature, what gives me hope. But of course, by having it uh, well, you know, taking care of it. And it gives me hope to, to, it gives me hope to know that kids uh, can live the same as, as we did when we were younger. The same, but different. Exactly, but better. <laughs> yeah, it could be better if at some point they get to to go out and enjoy real nature, not just the <laughs> the virtual uh, exactly. nature you can get. The real nature, the real live nature. this real world. <laughs> yes. Well, it's time for us to go to the next break. Thank you, Roxy. Where you are an inspiration to generations to come. When we return, we will talk about the things you can do and how to take action now. So your everyday choices will lead you to optimal health and also align with global environmental efforts. Stay tuned. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Do you want to have control over your eating decisions, your life, and your and your family's health? Do you wish to take action that benefits the planet, humanity, and generations to come? Healthy Planet, Healthy You offers a unique opportunity to increase the public's awareness of vital environmental and health issues while sharing easy-to-apply habits that can change the world. A book you cannot miss. Find it on Amazon. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. 
Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Healthy Planet, Healthy You with Jimena Yanez and Lorenzo Rosenzweig. Have a question for Jimena and Lorenzo or their guests? Join us on the show at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Now back to the show. Welcome back. If you're tuning in, we have been talking about disconnection in the communications age. In the first segment, we talked about our gradual disconnection from nature and how it triggers a feeling of loneliness, which, by the way, affect the same parts of the brain as physical pain. That loneliness makes us be defensive, so we end up widening the separation gap between each other. During the second segment, Roxy Chavez Oloriaga shared with us how, to co how communications and technologies are a driver for disconnection too. It is amazing how digital technology has, in less than a single generation, dramatically and permanently altered the ways in which humans connect and communicate with each other. Conversations and information transfers that once weren't possible or took a long time to complete now occur in seconds. Yes. Technological advances are profoundly altering humankind, forcing us to change on different areas of our lives. Technologies are becoming increasingly interconnected and bioengineering advances are challenging philosophical, political, and economic questions regarding human-nature relations. Now that you're mentioning bioengineering, uh, it is an area of study and development that we should always be mm. careful of because it implies a manipulation of biological systems at the molecular level. On one hand, Scientists have done great things like developing you know, innovative uh, therapies such as gene editing and regenerative medicine that hold the potential to treat previously uncurable diseases. Also, bioengineering has paved the way for sustainable solutions by creating eco-friendly alternatives to conventional materials and fuels, thus reducing our dependence on non-renewable resources. These advancements offer Uh, promising opportunities for addressing pressing global challenges and improving the quality of life for individuals in the planet. But in the other hand, as you were saying, Lorenzo, we have another side of the coin. Yes, and while bioengineering technology has brought significant improvements, it also poses certain risks that deserve careful consideration. One major concern is the potential for unintended consequences and unforeseen side effects. Biological systems are complex in nature, so even minor alterations can have far-reaching impacts on ecosystems and human health. I bet you can imagine the ethical dilemmas that arise when manipulating the fundamental building blocks of life. Yes. Additionally, and we have already talked about this, the commercialization of bioengineering may lead to unequal access to its benefits, exacerbating 
existing social and economic disparities. Because of the of the crucial because of this, it is crucial to ensure responsible and sustainable applications through ethical frameworks, recurring interdisciplinary discussions, and of course, safety measures. And some things also about bioengineering that we have discussed in previous episodes. In conventional agricultural <clears throat> practices, bioengineering techniques have enabled the production of genetically modified crops, which are mostly designed to improve traits like size, growth rate, and pest resistance rather than nutrition. So we have to be careful. Sadly, what has happened, and we have seen that, is that each successive generation of bioengineered, fast-growing, pest-resistant plant is less good for you and me and everyone as they lack key nutrients for body functions. And that is why, regarding technology, there are often two conflicting visions. There is an optimistic one that believes humans could use it as a tool to achieve greater goals or good and to overcome some of the greatest challenges of societies. And we can include climate change, hunger, and disease. But there is a pessimistic one that holds that technology has reached a point beyond our control. That reminds me the, the movie Terminator 2. <laughs> that it could become a tool of oppression generating tremendous fear as it would exacerbate economic and social inequalities, disturb and damage the natural world, or create weapons unlike any, any other we have had in the past. Yeah, what we must realize is that technology has brought us numerous benefits and improvements, but it also comes with its fair share of risks. Mm -hmm. It has enhanced the way we communicate, made information more accessible for everyone, brought opportunities for education in places where access is difficult and revolutionized industries like healthcare. Tasks that are used that used to take hours or even days can now be completed in a matter of minutes or seconds. It has increased productivity and simplified our lives, but we cannot overlook the risks that come with the reliance on technology. Research findings are telling us that overuse of digital technology may affect brain development, sleep, mood, concentration, memory, learning, and relationship behaviors. Technology has reshaped how we interact with one another. And while it has connected us globally, it has also led to a decline in face-to-face -face interactions, contributing to feelings of isolation and disconnection. Yes, and I would like to connect the dots because the feelings of loneliness and disconnections we're going through in this age occurs mainly from two fronts, our increased separation from nature and the overuse of digital technologies. But hey, that is good to know because when we know the root cause of a problem, we're, we can take a step towards its solution. Exactly. One of the most important things we can do as adults is to observe ourselves because it is true that how we act models our kids' behavior. Let me give you some ideas to bring awareness on your acts. One, how do you spend time with your loved ones, indoors or outdoors? It's a good question. Second, during family time, do you interrupt your activities to get to the latest status updates from friends or social media? Mm -hmm. Three, are you able to focus on one activity at a time 
such as watching television, playing a board game, or playing outside with your kids? Or do you keep your device nearby so that you can check your email or return incoming texts? Think about this. A distracted and multitasking behavior is already sending a powerful message to your kids, either indoors or outdoors. It's showing them they need to be constantly changing their digital devices. We have a rule at home, Jimena, and that is on Sundays that we get all together for for a family lunch and uh, the whole family. There's no digital devices allowed in the dining room, period, because, because that way it's just personal interaction. We have that rule at home every day. Uh, telephone, cell, cell phones are out of the out of the way when we have our meals. So those questions you just asked are very good questions to review uh, how our kids are seeing us and learning from us. Our obsessive behavior with technology is at the expense of our relationships. That's We can't deny that. But there are some interesting findings that I would like to share with you. Research has shown that teens spend a lot of time on digital technology connecting with friends online because as humanity have become less likely to spend time outdoors, some of them have limited opportunities to have face-to-face -face social time. And even when it seems teens are obsessed with technology, the conclusions of these researchers is that they're not addicted to it. They're looking to spend time with each other. What do you think about this, Lorenzo? Well, this left me thinking, but yes, it makes sense. The way older generations enjoy social time as teenagers is totally different to the way they interact today. As parents, we tend to think that our kids' opportunities for socializing with friends should be during the school day or after school activities. But teens want to get together in other settings and with a broader group of peers, which can be hard to do. It is true that today, young people have fewer options for getting together face to face. I am thinking that if we as parents and educators understand our kids' needs, we can help them find the balance between screen time and activities that are essential for their healthy development. Let me give you another fast example. Whenever we go to the mountains, we welcome the girls inviting friends because that's a way to have additional young kids and they feel more enjoyment because they are with their friends in nature. So that's one little example. Yeah, beautiful. And you were talking about it, but I remember when I was going through adolescence, I was it was very easy for every one of us to gather in public and different public spaces and green areas. And we used to hang out just to talk or joke or watch people pass by or flirt also. So today, young people turn to the online world for the exact same kind of activities. Their intention is to cope with what they have on hand. Tagging that as an addiction undermines their efforts to finding ways to build significant relationships outside the family which is one of the most important traits of adolescence. Yes, we need to be empathic, but also careful and help our teens because while technology makes our lives easier in many ways, it has also created brand new kinds of stress for the 21st century. The APA, American Psychological Association's annual stress survey, reveals that the pressure to stay constantly connected, updated, and responsive to messages emails and social media notifications can lead to feelings of being overwhelmed, 
and constantly on. Also, the incessant comparison encouraged by social media can contribute to increased levels of anxiety and self-doubt. Yeah, overwhelm, <clears throat> anxiety, self-doubt, um, comparisons. There is a new type of anxiety that adds to all this pressure we're having. All of us have a strong desire to be involved and aware of experiences, events, or social interactions happening around, and everything is happening so fast. So there is a new psychological phenomenon recognized as a form of social anxiety or psychological distress related to the fear of being left out or disconnected from others. The name is fear of missing out, F-O-M-O. And its symptoms include restlessness, anxiety, constant need of, uh, for social validation, compulsive checking of social media, and a pervasive sense of dissatisfaction with one's own life compared to others. And I can tell you, Lorenzo, that I have felt this distress myself, especially when it comes to social validation, and I'm not that much into social media. I am sure every one of us has felt, to some degree, some of the effects of digital technology overuse. And this is so important. Nature provides a sense of calmness and peace, but also a way of bringing people together, raising a sense of unity and cooperation. Yeah, and we should bring back to our life the notion that everything is connect connected. It's all about rediscovering the benefits that nature and unplugging or mindful plugging mm -hmm. to technology have to offer. Well, we're approaching the end of this episode, so let's do a quick recap of five facts we have reviewed. One, we are more disconnected from nature today than we were a century ago, and this separation, separation is proposed as a root cause of unsustainability. Second, more people are moving into the cities, changing the way we have related to nature for millennia. Three, in the past three decades, we have shifted the way society settles, produces, consumes, and interacts, which triggered the massive disconnection from the natural world. Four, the average American spends 90% 90% of their life indoors and 11 hours a day on screens and gadgets. And children from 8 to 12 years old spend three times as many hours with computers and television each week as they do playing outside. Place blindness, distance from nature and biophobia are associated also with higher levels of loneliness. Now, what are the things we can do? So, one, take time to appreciate the natural world. Uh, two, put your shoes on and spend time outdoors. Soak up in uh, some sunlight. Three, be in contact with the soil to ground yourself. Spend time in your yard, garden, or even taking care of your pots. Four, be mindful about the time you spend with digital technologies. Set your own boundaries. And five, reconnect with people and nature. Yes, so this was a very nice conversation, Jimena. I'm looking forward to our next episode where we will go deeper into the rights of nature. Thank you, Lorenzo. Thank you, Roxy. Nothing better than stop, take a breath, put our shoes on and reconnect with nature and with each other. And thank you for tuning in and joining us in casual conversations about health and nature in Healthy Planet, Healthy You. Nos vemos la próxima semana. We hope you join us next week. Hasta la próxima. Thank you. 
Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Healthy Planet, Healthy You with Jimena Yanez and Lorenzo Rosenzweig. We hope you've learned something new today that can help you in your life and how to make this a better planet. Until next time, have a healthy and regenerative week.